The following interview was recorded on November 17, 2009 at the Florida Charter School Conference. I'm here with Dr. Alan Benella, and his talk was about the six things that you can do tomorrow to make your school an exemplary school. Hi, Dr. Benella. Uh, good afternoon. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. My uh, title is Six Things You Can Do Tomorrow to Create an Exemplary School, and I build upon my years of experience. I uh, retired from the Miami-Dade County School System after 40 years. I was a teacher, a counselor, an assistant principal in my last 14 years as a middle school principal of a large uh, 1,600 student body. Uh, seven, eight, and nine, uh, six, seven, and eight uh, grade school. So what I uh, am presenting is um, things that I've gleaned and things that I've learned in um, looking at exemplary schools and looking at schools that were not so exemplary and figuring out what to do to make them exemplary. Uh, since retiring, I've been mentoring uh, principals and school leaders uh, in Florida and most recently in Texas where I have been doing leadership coaching with uh, principals and school leaders uh, throughout the state of Texas. As the principal of a large uh, public middle school like that, uh, you, you must have seen every kind of situation come up. Uh, that's true, very true. Middle school is an interesting place to be. And um, we ran the gamut of uh, problems and situations and uh, good events and not so good events. Um, we were a Title I school, which means we had a high poverty, um, potentially at-risk student body. Um, so it was challenging. Um, but as I point out in the presentation, I think one of the... Um, one of the most important things that I did and, and encouraged in others was high visibility, and that's number one in the presentation, and that is to increase your visibility. Nowadays, so many principals are bogged down by uh, paperwork, emails, cell phones, um, all types of uh, accountability requirements and demands that they forget that probably the most important thing you as a school leader should be doing is being visible. Uh, by being visible, I mean out in front of the school in the morning when students arrive. I mean in the hallways when classes change, in the cafeteria when students are eating lunch, after school, out at the bus area, out at the front of the school. Visibility is super important. And it pays off because by being visible, you can avoid potential problems. By being visible, uh, parents see you. They appreciate that. They feel that uh, my child is being looked after. The principal cares enough or the assistant principal cares enough to be out and around and not uh, 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 cloistered in his or her office. So. Uh, I stress that very much. I use a quote in the presentation from uh, a teacher. It means a lot to teachers and others to see their principal in the corridors, in the cafeteria, and at after-school functions. It has a big impact on teachers and on students to know that the principal is there 
and, and they're around. So I encourage um, people to think about how many hours a day do you spend in the office, how many hours in the classrooms, and how many hours just out and about. And if the hours in the office are greater than the hours out of your office, uh, you've got to rethink what you're doing. Um, I use a quote from Goethe, uh, the things that matter most should never be at the mercy of the things that matter least. So very important to realize what really matters and what I'm doing now is that what really matters or am I doing some of the very least things? Um, after visibility, I found that delegating is a very big issue. Um, some school leaders uh, forget how important delegating is and wind up taking so much on themselves that they they're bogged down and they're overwhelmed and they're burned out and uh, they're not enjoying the job anymore. So delegating is important and it's important to do it in a way that you build on the strengths of others. If you have a person in your school who loves curriculum, for instance, um, why not delegate to that person those chores that have to do with curriculum? Data is very important in today's school system. Well, do you have someone who really likes crunching numbers and researching data? Or do, do you have a person who likes dealing with parents or dealing with community or working with teachers? And I quote from uh, Marcus Buckingham, who is a uh, rather prominent author right now, and he talks about finding your strengths and building on other strengths. And uh, in his book, Go Put Your Strengths to Work, he says, all new managers at Toyota must now attend a three-day manager training program that shows them how to spot the strengths of their subordinates. So very important if Toyota realizes it. And he also quotes from Yahoo, they take an online survey that measures their own talents and pinpoints their strongest aspects. So delegating is important, finding the right people to do the right thing. It also seems like that ties back into the first point about visibility. Um, if, you're, if you're tied down in your office because you haven't delegated anything, you're not going to have the visibility. Perfect, perfect point. Uh, you cannot be visible if you're doing things that other people can do. And that's why you have support people. Um, Another quote I use is from Clarence Otis, who is the CEO of Darden Restaurants, which uh, have Capitol Grill, Olive Garden, Red Lobster, Longhorn Steakhouse. He says, getting the right people in place who have the talent and capability to get the work done and letting them do it. So again, these business sources uh, reinforce what we need to do in education. Delegate the right way, delegate the smart way. I often ask the audience, what are your, who are your closest support people? Think for a minute about who your closest support people are and what are they best at? What are their strengths? And are you using them in the right way? 
for instance, parental involvement, curriculum, master schedule, data interpretation, discipline, special education, technology, learning communities. Who can best enhance uh, these aspects? Uh, Dwight Eisenhower said, leadership is the art of getting someone else to do something you want done because he wants to do it. And that's the big key. Don't just dump things on others, but find out, again, their strengths and what they want to be. Um, I also quote from a uh, book called Happier, which is uh, written by Tal Ben-Shahar. He is a professor at Harvard. And this course, Happier, is the most popular course on the Harvard campus. You would be surprised. You would think it would be neuroscience or political uh, studies, uh, but no. He talks about being happy at work, being happy with what you're doing, doing the things that um, will make you successful. And I also talk about uh, Kim Marshall, and Kim Marshall has a, uh, he is an educator, former principal, uh, consultant right now. He's got a um, website called the Marshall Memo, and what he does is um, uh, reads uh, journals uh, weekly and then um, um, gives abbreviated uh, forms of these journal articles, publishes them, they're online weekly, and um, he had quite a big issue on delegation and uh, again, the importance of delegating and delegating the right way. Um, the third of the six principles is celebrations. And this sounds kind of uh, perhaps um, uh, not as meaningful as some of the others, but um, celebration means rewarding and appreciating and recognizing uh, your faculty members. Um, Mary Kay Ash of the Mary Kay uh, cosmetic business said there are two things people want more than sex and money, and that's recognition and praise. And so we talk under celebrating every day about uh, recognition, praise. Um, are you taking the time to do that? And many times participants in my session realize, you know, I have not taken that time to praise and recognize. I'm so busy that I don't have that chance to do that. We had, for instance, honor roll programs, report card pickup programs, a birthday card uh, program where I had a list of every faculty member's birthday, and um, on that day I put a card in their mailbox. They appreciated it. We had a wonderful attendance recognition program where we rewarded the top homerooms in attendance, perfect attendance, etc. Students were brought on TV in the morning. We had closed circuit TV and they talked about various accomplishments, sports, uh, team winnings, uh, band, chorus, uh, accomplishments that groups or individual students might have made. 
it seems like celebration is uh, such a key element in, in what you're talking about with with uh, motivating. And if you're going to be a, be able to delegate to people and play to their strengths, motivate them to do the things that you need them to do, they need to feel recognized and appreciated. It all ties in so well. It does tie in, and it, they're simple things, but things that are overlooked. Sometimes it's the simpler things that uh, we overlook and we don't uh, we don't talk about. Caring is a big thing, and that goes along with celebrating, because if you care about people, you're going to reward and reinforce and celebrate them. Um, an unknown quote, but I think uh, we've all heard, I don't care how much you know until I know how much you care. And this is so important as school leaders for uh, others to know you care about them and for you to show that you care about them and for teachers to care about students in a way that students realize um, th the caring aspect. Um, from there we go on to number four, which is conducting walkthroughs the smart way. Very popular now for school people to be involved in walkthroughs. Um, and what this is, is making a point of visiting classes every day not going in like in the old days and sitting down for a 30 or 40 minute formal observation, but going in and out of classrooms and getting an idea, getting a snapshot of what's happening. Are students interacting, students involved, teachers up and around, is the room attractive, it, examples of student work. So doing walkthroughs is extremely important for the observer to learn uh, realistically what's happening and um, for teachers to realize I'm being recognized. He's been in my class. Teachers should not say, I don't ever see the principal or I don't ever see the leader or he or she comes in only at once a year when I have to be evaluated. But this goes along again with recognition and visibility. Um, the actual walkthroughs, uh, follow-ups would be conversations with teachers and students about what you might have seen, and getting an idea of any supplies lacking, any materials needed, any maintenance needed. Matter of fact, there was a book which I also quote, and it's called School Management by Wandering Around, and it's written by Larry Fraze and Robert Hetzel. Uh, it's a book I got my hands on when I first became a principal in 89, and it says all of these things. Get out, wander around, observe, see what's happening, interact. And I remind the folks, teachers want to see you, students want to see you, and parents want to see you. And then from there we go to uh, what I call ask, don't tell. Ask the people how they want to be involved, what they need, um, what they think of situations. Uh, the four most important words, I say, are, what do you think? And how often do we fail to ask someone, what do you think? There's a very uh, good book by Neela Connors, and it's called, If You Don't Feed the Teachers, They Eat the Students. <laughs> and very true. If you don't feed the teachers, they wind up eating the students. And so ask them, what, are the, you know, what do you think? Um, 
I do quite a bit of leadership coaching, and in leadership coaching, we've learned to ask powerful questions. Um, we ask how and what questions rather than why. How can we accomplish this? What do you need? And these are the things that help people become involved and feel empowered. Sometimes uh, school administrators feel that they've got so much to be done that they have to tell and tell and tell and direct and they don't they forget about getting that input which is so important plus that input helps those who are providing the input to feel a part of the whole situation and then the last part is walk the talk and that is where you set it, set an example we teach what we live, for instance. Um, if we're working in a company that is not enthusiastic, energetic, creative, clever, curious, then we have troubles, and that's from Tom Peters, who's a big leadership coach. Uh, so setting the example with dress, uh, humor, nothing wrong with uh, trying to be humorous, seeing the light side of things, um, controlling your mood. Uh, school leaders cannot come in um, depressed or angry. Um, if you feel that way for whatever reason, you've got to mask it because people are looking to you and they expect to see an upbeat, positive mood. Uh, compassion is another part of setting the example, being compassionate, understanding, Trusting, trust is a big issue. If faculty feels they cannot trust you, uh, you're not going to go very far in, in uh, leading them. And being a lifelong learner, learning with your faculty, showing your faculty that you, you're interested in learning and, and uh, you don't only encourage them to go to workshops or to learn more or to be involved, but you do it with them. And then Bill George, also from Harvard, talked about truly authentic leadership. And he said those traits are purpose with a passion, so you've got to be passionate, and um, solid values, know what you care about, know that you believe all students can learn, all students deserve to learn. It's your job to see that they do. Lead by hearts, with your hearts and your heads, he says. Not only is this a brain thing, but it's an emotional and it's a heartfelt endeavor. Uh, relationships, uh, Bill George talks about in building positive relationships. Uh, we talk a lot in education about the rigor of learning and the relevance and relationship is the third R. Uh, without positive relationships, you don't go far. And being disciplined as a leader, self-discipline, set your goals, accomplish your goals. And uh, um, so I feel with these six uh, things you can do tomorrow, they're simple things. They're things that anybody and everybody can do, but often forget about doing them or allow all those other things to uh, overshadow what they know really is important. And it's, it's also six things that, they can, that a school leader can do to transform the school that, that don't involve a, a line item on the budget. Exactly. 
Exactly. You're right. You're right. Doesn't cost anything except your time and uh, your awareness of what it is. Definitely. Good point. Do you have any advice? This is fantastic leadership for uh, for school leaders. Do you have any advice specifically for charter school principals? Um, I think of uh, charter school principals. Obviously, this can apply to you know any leader. Um, I think charter school principals are in a wonderful position now because charter schools are growing so rapidly and people are looking closer at charter schools. Um, I remember when they started and they started off so small and uh, kind of in the background of everything. But background days for charter schools are gone. Everybody knows them. They're up front. Our president and secretary are pushing charter schools. And um, so, yeah, charter school principals applying these practices and others um, really have an opportunity to shine and to be recognized. Thank you very much. I've uh, really enjoyed talking to you. Well, my pleasure. Thank you for listening. <laughs> This podcast is a production of the Florida Department of Education and Florida on iTunes U. For more information, please visit floridaitunes.org.